Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the greatest Nintendo podcast. I'm going to go ahead and say on the internet, as always, here on the Spawncast Network with our executive producers, John O., Joshua Butts, a.k.a. The Butt Man, Mr. Job, Bring Zoinks, Scoob Patel, and William Hoag. I, of course, am RGT85, as joined by, as always, Josie Woe, whose internet may or may not be working. I guess we'll find out as the show goes on. Josie, how are we doing? Good. Supposedly it's fixed. Uh, I'm, we're do- I'm doing the best I can, man. I'm trying. Yeah, that's A for effort, F for failure. Yeah. Um, and of course, okay. Nate the Hate is here. Nate, how are we doing? I am watching Thursday Night Football, awaiting Mario Party 3 to be uploaded to NSO, and eagerly anticipating the midnight release of Alan Wake 2. I don't know. I'm going to buy that. I don't know. I'm on the fence. I still haven't bought Spider-Man yet. I need to buy Spider-Man first and then worry about Alan Wake later because I'm not going to make a video on Alan Wake. Um, I guess before we get into our topics, have we been playing anything beyond Super Mario Wonder that we would like to talk about? I've literally only been playing Mario Wonder. <laughs> have you played it yet, Nate? Yeah, I got it last week on launch day. Oh, okay. Um, okay, well... I mean, I played that, of course, and I played the Metal Gear Solid Collection. I'm sure I have some bias towards it. I did pick up the Switch version since the PC version didn't seem to be all that well optimized either. You know, I I like some of the bonus stuff, but even the bonus stuff is kind of half-assed. Like, the soundtracks and stuff are, like, limited. Like, it's not every song like my favorite song from metal gear 2 isn't included in the soundtrack there's only 20 songs in there and i'm like you have seven games i think there's a little more than 20 songs within all these games um gameplay wise metal gear solid one they didn't touch at all like that's still like a a 240p image and it does not look great i don't know why you couldn't have put a texture filter on there at least given the option you know, to have some sort of spruced up, a little bit cleaned up graphics. I would say Metal Gear Solid 2 surprised me the most because the, you know, 60 to 30 thing, I definitely expected to feel it a lot more. And I'm really not, honestly. And that could just be a, a me thing because I'm such a big fan of that game. But I was just playing it before the show. And, like, I don't it still feels good to me. And it looks really clean on the OLED. Metal Gear Solid 3 plays very well. I think the image is a little bit soft on it, though. It doesn't seem quite as as sharp as I would have expected. I made a more detailed video talking about all this crap, so make sure you go check it out. I showcase all the games. I showcase all the bonus features. Like, it's an adequate thing, and it's nice to have these games available on a mat- modern platforms, but so much more could have been done. It feels... It feels kind of half-assed, honestly. Um, I would, if if you don't want the whole collection, I would skip out on buying one because, I mean, just play Twin Snakes or if you really want to play the first game, download Duck Station for your PlayStation 1 needs on your personal computer or your Steam Deck. Or it's probably even a freaking phone version. And then upscale the hell out of it because it's such a better experience that way. 
Like it, 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 I understand. Oh, it's retro, retro aesthetics, this, that, and the other. Give me a freaking option though. Give me an option. I've been spoiled by being the emulation king. This is the game that needs the most work done because outside of Twin Snakes, which is a GameCube exclusive, you didn't have the HD versions of the games coming out or for Metal Gear 1 like you did with 2 and 3 and Peace Walker on Xbox 360, PlayStation 3 and stuff like that. That's the game that needs the, the attention. So I don't understand why we don't give that game any attention whatsoever. But, you know, it's it's not it's not bad per se. You know, it's not a kong skull island game which they should ship all those people who made the game to skull island to live for the (laughs) remainder of their lives so they never make another game but it it definitely could it's mediocre you know it could have been a lot better it could have been something special you know a proper celebration and instead it just feels like just put these games out on modern platform which is a shame but you know yes that is what it is um But I will segue into the game that everyone has been playing on here. Of course, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Um, We'll get some thoughts on that. Jose, how are we feeling about it? I'm having a great time with Wonder, honestly. I, uh, I haven't really put it down. I keep going back and I'm like, I beat the game. Uh, all in co-op and now I'm like trying to find all the secrets and stuff that I missed and there was actually kind of a lot it's really cool how how much random stuff there is in this game that you just like can very easily skip over if you're not looking for it so it's been really fun to just explore and do literally everything there was also a lot of badges that I didn't have so going back and getting some of those badges has been cool as well did you use the badges in your playthrough I mostly use that like floaty jump one okay, where so you're, you're a cheater. All right. Nice to know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the badges are like half of the game. The badges are there for children. For... Well, according to you, I am one. So I, I never said fine. Well, but yeah, yeah I, 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 I didn't really use any of the badges, honestly, just because I don't know. You know, it just makes the game a little bit easier. Um. And maybe yeah, that's true. But there's like some like th- secrets and stuff that you almost need a badge for. Uh huh. Yeah, I haven't gotten all the secrets or anything like that. Well, see, there it is. What do you um? Do your initial impressions from first playing it to now like is this what you expected, or did you expect potentially something more or something less from the game? I think I think this has exceeded my expectations a good bit because. When I originally uh, was playing through the game, I really liked it, but I didn't think that this was a game that I was going to go back to. Usually once I beat most Mario games, I beat them and then I'm done with them for like at least a year. But after I beat this, I was eager to go back and like I'm doing now, explore and find all the secrets and stuff because there there is so so many. Then also I played the whole thing in co-op, so I'm having a good time playing it now solo, which is also a very different but yeah i'd say they exceeded it like overall you're roboting a little bit god it was just like towards the end too like you were fine (laughs) and then i was like all right let's let's kick the robot in um nate what are your thoughts it's the best 2d mario game dating back to the super nes era it has a lot of charm charisma the personality of the characters shines through in 
basically every facet of the game, which is something we haven't seen since Super Mario World or even Yoshi's Island. So it is a huge departure from what new Super Mario Brothers had offered on the Wii and the DS and you know all the way through the Wii U. So that's great because it really makes that new line look very sterile in comparison. There's a few minor things that I'm experiencing in the game that I kind of question their game vision on, like the badge system, for instance. One of the badges that I had unlocked was it allowed you to do like a dolphin spin when dolphin you're swimming. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you just give me a dolphin suit? Well, there's... Why do you... You well, actually, why do you give me yeah. a badge that's only useful for these water stages, but I have to experience the stage to understand that there will be sections where I'm going to be underwater. I don't have that knowledge going into the stage. I only have that knowledge after the fact. There's also leveling up of the dolphin kick as well. So you get like a more <laughs> advanced dolphin kick badge that you get access to. So it's kind of like, what's the what's the point of the of the first one? <laughs> right. Let me upgrade it. Yeah, I feel as though that should have just been a a costume, an item that you unlock in the stage. And also on the costume front, I honestly don't understand the point of the elephant. Okay. It, Interesting. There, there's no stage that is designed around the concept of the elephant. This isn't as though it is B Mario, where you had stages with the flower, or even Cat Mario, where you were climbing certain things, utilizing that suit. All I'm seeing here is, I'm an elephant and I can spray some water on some wilted flowers, but there's really nothing that is primarily designed around this idea of you are being elephant Mario. It feels as though they just had this idea and said, wouldn't it be cool to make Mario and friends elephants? And then they went nowhere with it. So that kind of stands out to me as though it really wasn't utilized in any meaningful way. They'd like to use it in the marketing as that unique costume for the characters, but there's really nothing in the game that puts a focus to it. So I thought that kind of was an odd design choice by them. But beyond those minor nitpicks, I think the game is splendid. It's easily the best 2D Mario game they've made in many years. The future is bright for the 2D Mario genre moving forward. And I mean, this is definitely a contender for the game of the year conversation. And you can put it right there against Tears of the Kingdom and you could have a very lively debate over which one deserves to be crowned switch game of the year or potentially even game of the year for the general you know populace of game releases but fantastic game if you're a fan of the 2d mario genre you're really not going to get much better than this one all right well that leads me to my next question is it the best 2d mario game of all time <laughs> no i mean i don't think so it's up there. I think it's great. I think it's top three. Okay. For for us, probably not. For those who came in on the Wii, this is by far the best 2D Mario game that they have likely ever played. And going forward, if this was your first exposure to the 2D Mario games, this will probably be your favorite and you would consider it the best 2D Mario game if we're you know fast forwarding 20 years into the future. For us, As, I mean, I still give it to what we had talked about a couple of weeks ago. It goes to either Super Mario World, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island, or Super Mario <laughs> Brothers 3. You missed one, but um, I will <laughs> I will let that slide. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was someone who grew up with the Wii Gen. I think it's the best 2D Mario that's come out in my 
life, I guess, that I've been alive for the launch for. But, you know, if you're putting it up against, like you said, Mario 3 and Super Mario World, two games that I don't really have any nostalgia for, I played, you know, when I was older, I think... I think it's toe-to-toe with them, but I don't think it beats out either of them. I think it's up there, though. Interesting. Um, and for me, I mean, it's a really good Mario game. But, I mean, it, you know, it's... Is it better than those? I don't know. Like, I, I think you can make the argument that it is, and I think you can make the argument that it isn't, and both of them would be right, because it really just oh. boils down to, you know, personal preference at the end of the day. And I think it's definitely a huge step in the right direction. Um, but I'm also not like going to be like, what do you mean? This is the best, the best ever. Like, you know, it doesn't have, for me, it doesn't really have that definitive moment, you know? Yeah. It it didn't revolutionize the 2d genre or the 2d platformer like those prior games had. Right. Which is fine because there's only so much, I feel there's only so much you could do within 2D platformers. And, uh, you know, I'm very vocal about saying that. But it, it's a it's a splendid game that, you know, it could definitely be sort of in contention for a potential, you know, game of the year nod. And I don't think, I don't think anyone would kind of, you know, disagree with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, agree. it's like an absolute refinement of 2d platformers too so if you're a fan of that genre it's like almost one of the you know best ones but i can also there's a lot of people who don't think it should be in the game of the year category i'm not one of them but i can see that perspective because you know you look at all the other games it's going up against it's like narrative open world or i don't know i just feel like it's a little it stands out at least yeah but you know different strokes for different folks not right. everyone likes those, you know, open world narrative games and stuff like that. Some people just want something a bit more, I wouldn't say simplified, but just something like a more traditional gaming experience. Yeah, one that's a little more casual, that's focus is just pure entertainment and fun over a deep cinematic story universe that really delves into the depths of your soul to find your inner psyche and why you are <laughs> the way you are. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I really like, I think Mario Wonder is my personal game of the year, aside from maybe Pikmin 4, but I just, I have a hard time thinking that, you know, people, the game of the words as much as they are, or Jeff himself is going to wonder in that category. No, uh, no Tears of the Kingdom for you, eh? Tears of the Kingdom is great, but I think it gets beaten out for me. But I, I'm not a big like Zelda person, other than those games. I love those games, but it's not like I'm a live or die Zelda guy. Interesting. Live or die Zelda guy. That should be a rapper. That was pretty good. Oh, it was something. <laughs> it was some. I don't know. With today's <laughs> rapping talent, you'd probably be fine. There you go. Next, Ice Spice. Okay, let's calm down over there. <laughs> I don't think she's very popular for her hot fire. I think it's for her hot ass. Anyway. Wow. That, that's a real name of a rapper? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, Hers really. Good, good thing you roboted out there because I, I didn't want to hear your <laughs> opinion on that. Um, 
moving along, we had an interesting, relatively safe interview with Douglas Bowser that has been making its way around the internet. In particular, we're not going to talk about the standard stuff that everyone has already talked about. More of the funny stuff, such as Nintendo not needing a union because everyone there is a happy employee. <laughs> and I thought that was a very interesting comment. And I felt that Nate would have a lot to say about that topic because he cares about other people more than I do. So, Nate, the floor is yours. What do you, what do you think about no need for a union? It's basically just a empty PR statement, and it has no backing to it. Because as you'll recall, in the summer of 2022, Nintendo had a complaint filed against them that had allegations that involved workers saying that their employer had interfered with their ability to discuss working conditions or form a union. So that sounds as though, you know, individuals relating to Nintendo of America may have had interest in forming a union, but according to Doug Bowser, everyone is so happy-go-lucky in the magical land of Nintendo that they would never do such a thing. And mm. every, every time you hear a company of this magnitude, a billion dollar business, if they come out and say, all our employees are happy, they don't want to unionize. You know, that's just the smokescreen. They don't, they want to put out this image that they are this happy company. Everyone is joyful. Everything's perfect behind the scenes. But what have we seen over the last few years? Sexual assault allegations, the allegations of them interfering with employees trying to unionize. So maybe everything isn't as heavenly at NOA as they would like you to believe. And we also know that working conditions at certain Japanese companies aren't all what it's cracked up to be either. They have a significant amount of crunch, but due to their culture, it's not something you see vocalized all that much on the internet as you would in Western areas. So Doug Bowser is just kind of coming out there with this very meaning, meaningless, vague statement that carries no weight. It means nothing. And ideally, those at, at Nintendo of America can unionize and they can protect themselves from some of the egregious actions we've seen plague the tech industry in just the last couple of months. I'm just glad that none of that bad stuff ever happened when Reggie was there. Remember when Reggie said that? That no bad stuff ever happened when that's not yep. the Nintendo I left. Except but, all the allegations were under his leadership. <laughs> and he just passed the buck, be like, blame Bowser. He's a bad guy in our games and he must be a bad guy as the you know the head of NOA. Are you a union employee? I am not. Jose, are you a union employee? No, but I'm not even in the workforce seriously yet. So I mean What are you doing with your life? In con go college. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Um Yeah, I've never been in a union. I mean, I just it's a very stupid statement to make. You know, I you probably should have just been like, Hey, you know, there's been some stuff and we're always looking at different sorts of things and opportunities that best fit our you know, culture and our, like, it's very easy to bullshit and schmoz people. I do it on like a daily basis. 
And I don't <laughs> understand why a lot of these people can't seem to to wrap their head around that. I also want to point out, because that topic didn't go very long, that this man was asked, what is a Nintendo franchise that you would like to bring back that hasn't been replicated on the Switch? And he said, all the games I like have been on the Switch. I would like a Bowser's Inside. Who the f- You should be fired for that. You should be fired <laughs> for saying that statement. I don't recall a Punch-Out. I don't recall a Star Fox. I don't recall a Kid Icarus. I don't recall. Like, what are you? What are you talking about? Like, do you even play video games? Like, I don't know. That that seemed that that's where he went. Bowser's Inside Story. Which, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. Was wasn't that made by a company? Wasn't that made by that company that went Alpha out of business? Dream. Yeah, Alpha yeah. Dream. Yeah, they brought it to the 3DS and essentially sank the company. So you could have like, you know, bought that company or, or something like that. You could have you could have done something with them to to ensure that you get your Bowser's like is it me or does he seem kind of out of touch? You know, he's well, I mean, all these all these individuals are out of touch. We we saw Bowser or not Bowser, we saw Reggie at E3 play in a Smash Brothers fight where he ran off the stage. <laughs> How hard really would it have been to get some treehouse employees sit down with Reggie one hour a day for the month leading up to E3 and make him look competent at the game? We saw him play Mario Kart 7 on a 3DS where he was crashing into the wall repeatedly but said, I'm going to win. And then one random day, he goes to his Twitter and posts an image of a save file for Dragon Quest, I believe it was 9, saying... Oh, yeah, I have 100 hours in the game. No, you don't. You let the game maybe run for 100 hours. These individuals don't play games. They barely know the franchises that their you know, company has in its holster. They're just talking heads. And for him to come out there and say, oh, yeah, all my favorite. It'd be like me saying, asking you, what's your favorite magazine? And you're responding, all of them. And I say, name one. Um... Maxim, like, well, you named one. I don't want what People magazine. Okay, I think that's people, nice. Quality, it has a nice ring to it. Quality, quality publication there. But yeah, Doug Bowser just came out with some vague statement that means nothing, and he mentioned the first game that popped into mind. Luckily, it was at least a game that Nintendo had published, and it wasn't something <laughs> that wasn't even theirs. But it's like when Microsoft bought Rare, and they thought they had acquired Donkey Kong. Wait, is that real? Yeah. <laughs> How? Why? Who? They thought they thought um, Donkey Kong was a rare property due to Donkey Kong Country. I can't believe that Microsoft like did nobody involved understand. Like I understand that Rare helped public or you know develop it, but like did nobody like I, I, that? That's bizarre to me. Out of touch. It was a different time. You're out of touch. I'm out of time. Who I bet John you... doesn't know who sings that song. Well, Josie probably does. Nope. Oh, my God. All of notes, right? Yes. I only like their one song, I Can't Go For That. That's a good I song. Go for... Oh, what about Maneater? Eh, Maneater's all right. It's not as good as that, though. That's like the superior All of Oats song. 
going back to the topic, if <laughs> Bowser said, like, oh, I want to see a new Punch-Out or something, like, wouldn't that have gotten probably, like, I feel like that could have gone crazy and then they were expected to have a Punch-Out being made or something, or he just, this game, like, it has a lot of ramifications. See, you're right in that assessment, but I think that's also a problem with just how the community consumes information. Doug Bowser has no true say in what games get greenlit. He's really just a talking head for NCL. So if he came out and said, man, you know, I'd love to see a punch out come out one day, you'd have a lot of YouTube personalities. You'd have the Twitter personalities making it a big deal when it's just vague marketing speak. It's him giving his personal opinion of, hey, I want a new punch out game. If I could green light it, if we could find a developer to do it, we would. It doesn't. It, it's just hollow, empty words. They don't mean anything, but individuals would take it as an indication of something because right. that is how the gaming community happens to more or less be, I guess, transformed at this point, that they'll take any minor molecule twisted into a mountain and say, oh, look what they're teasing. And it's not a tease. It's just him saying, I'd like a punch out game. Right. Yeah, Joe. That's why. I mean, I mean, yes, but I'm just saying, like, it makes sense also that maybe he didn't say exactly what you know he wanted to see. Yeah, I don't understand why he's doing interviews. What, yeah, that's what, also weird. What's the point, bro? Like, you you do some random website that like nobody's ever heard of before. You're just, you know what? This is gonna be a great opportunity for me to show that I don't know what the fuck I'm ever talking about. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Very, very strange. That was weird because he wasn't like promoting anything, right? Or was he? I mean, I guess he was talking about Mario, maybe? Okay. Hey, got this new Mario game. It's uh, got Mario in it and he's running from left to right. And somehow leagues better than Sonic the Hedgehog Super Sonic Superstars, even though I don't really know about that. Um, hey, it's at least 150 times better. It's a better <laughs> game, but I don't know that it's, you know, super crazy. But, you know, Dougie is going to Doug, and I'm surprised that it wasn't brought up um, our next topic, which seems like it's been a bit misconstrued in some areas, but maybe it hasn't. Nintendo recently decided, hey, you know what? People aren't annoyed with us right now. You know, people aren't an annoyed enough with us. We need to do something. We need to say something. We, we Something needs to happen in which people are like, hey, you know, I can't, what, what the hell's wrong with them? And they more than rectified that problem <laughs> by announcing some new tournament guidelines in which... Um, it, it's very restrictive to what you can do, and I'm not I'm not really sure what the what the point of this is, what the benefit is. Some things include the amount of people that can participate in an event. Some things include the amount of money that can be the highest prize package for the this these events. Very. And okay, let's get this out of the way. I understand it on one level that, you know, there's a lot of smelly people in the Smash community. Okay. I get that. 
You don't, you know, you don't want your brand to be, you know, potentially tarnished by something that potentially happens at a, at a smash event or something like that. Like I get that, you know, the, you can't say it's officially sponsored or, you know, a part of Nintendo or Nintendo has signed off on that. Cool. I completely understand that. But some of these other things feel very archaic, counterproductive, and always kind of lead me to the question of what's the point? You know, what, what, what's the point of doing this? What's the point of coming out and making this statement? Because it's just like a, a way for people to think of you in this negative sort of, I guess, uh, old guard mentality mindset. Yeah, I mean, this has been the an interesting thing over the last several days, because as I look at a lot of the online discourse around this particular subject, what I'm seeing is a lot of the outrage comes from gamers, whereas tournament organizers are have actually been more accepting of it. And there's already been reports out of Japan where individuals looking to host a significant tournament have applied as Nintendo dictated, and their application has was approved in just about one day. So the tournament organizers seem to be in favor of some of these changes. And many of these rules and guidelines had already been in effect for tournaments. It just simply wasn't stated on the website. So maybe this was the thing Nintendo was communicating in the background to select organizers. But it seems as though a lot of the outrage is from an audience that really doesn't even engage with this particular thing. And maybe it is from a bit of misunderstanding. Maybe it is just a place of ignorance. Or it's just a place of, this doesn't sound good, so let me have a little outrage. And I'm not going to belittle those emotions that people may have felt. But when I see tournament organizers coming out saying, yeah, we've been having communication with Nintendo for several months now, and none of these changes are really all that significant. They're actually trying to make things better for us in a way. It kind of makes you have to stop for a moment and say, well, if the official tournament organizers are saying, this is fine, then why am I, the gamer who is not participating in tournaments, is not hosting tournaments, upset by this? Josie, are, yeah. you, are you a big tournament person? I don't care, almost at all. But, okay. I, you know, I, I think Nintendo, like you were saying, wants to have more of a hold on it. But also, like Nate was saying, it doesn't, it, it doesn't super affect... I mean, I don't know if this is exactly what you're saying, but like, I it doesn't really affect too many people other than these tournament organizers who seem to already have that shit figured out. Like, Ludwig made a video on it where he goes in depth about it, and he was even who? talking about how Ludwig, the guy who makes most of Smash tournaments. Am I supposed to know who that is? He's fairly big, like four million subscribers on you. Nate, do you know who I'm talking about? I'm familiar with who you're talking about. I've never watched their content. Okay, he's really big in the Smash community, uh, and he hosts a lot of the Melee tournaments, and he also said a, a lot like what Nate, you were saying, that there's already been approved tournaments from Japan and stuff like that, and that he's already been in talks with them, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be too bad. I think it's just weird how specific some of them are, but Nintendo's super weird. So, like, <laughs> I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, when I look at some of the guidelines that they provided, they have effectively stated that there can be no Splatoon 1 Wii U tournaments. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of like, I mean, that's an interesting thing that they are saying, hey, 
basically we're ignoring the legacy of this particular franchise. You cannot play this game because we're shutting down the online, which if you want to do a Splatoon tournament officially with our approval, you have to use our online servers and we're shutting those down. So you cannot play this game. And I mean, there's a few guidelines there that you can definitely look at and say, have to use, you know, officially licensed controllers that Nintendo oh, yeah, has approved weird. of. And when it comes to the accessibility community, Nintendo really doesn't have that many accessibility controllers that they have officially licensed or partnered with. So they have any? I don't think they, they might have, have they, I, you might be right. I don't think they do have any. So now you're kind of segregating an entire community there saying, well, if you want to host this tournament, you can't use an accessibility controller because we don't provide one. And that's not a good look. And these guidelines technically aren't written in stone. They can be flexible if Nintendo, you know, here's a case and say, okay, yeah, you're right. We don't provide that. We see what you're doing we will permit it. And there's other things in there. Like you can't have a tournament where you data mine stages or characters. You can understand why Nintendo wouldn't want that because these aren't technically publicly available assets. This is something you can only get through data mining or potentially illegal activity. So that type of stuff makes sense there. There are some questionable things, but again, if the tournament organizers are looking at it saying this really doesn't seem all that complex, this isn't going to prevent anything from moving forward. I don't know why the gaming community should be as outraged as they are. Yeah, I think, yeah. That, I think that's fair. Yeah, I completely agree. I just, and it's also the people who it affects seem to have things sort of figured out, or at least they like are going to get that kind of stuff figured out. And it's. Mm -hmm. Like like you're saying, it's just a lot of people who don't even really know what they're talking about sort of overreacting to the situation, I would say. Now, I do yeah. think, I do think there's a, an, another interesting thing that I actually covered today on my channel. As far as I know, nobody else has talked about this. Um, I got a message on Facebook from someone who watches the channel, and they sent me a DMCA claim from Nintendo from a Facebook group. And it was it was Nintendo's email. It was the one that I'm aware of um, for their DMCA stuff. And this was over the sale of a Switch kiosk in a what? Facebook group <laughs> dedicated to to selling kiosks. And the person who was hit with the DMCA um, fired about it, and they said it's not for retro stuff. It's only for more modern kiosks and i'm thinking to myself how the fuck did you even find this yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a facebook group where someone is selling a switch kiosk and you know i i guess if it if someone has like a truckload of them then sure yeah there's probably something a bit sus with it but the switch came out in 2017. mom and pop shops may have gotten access to a kiosk however you know, that comes across. Maybe a GameStop in their area closed down or something. GameStop often gives away kiosks. If you watch any sort of YouTube, you'll see lots of people getting kiosks for free when they're replaced with a different kiosk or they rearrange a store, this, that, or the other. So I don't think people are getting these by nefarious means. And plus, you had a pandemic where a lot of stores closed down. 
and a lot of stores probably had a, a switch kiosk in them and now they're consolidating these stores or if they're a mom and pop shop they're going out of business so these are out in the wild it's like what why how does this affect unless it's a stolen kiosk which even at that point if you go into a fucking Walmart or a Target and you manage to steal a kiosk, you should be able to keep it. Because how the fuck you didn't get caught, I will never fucking know. Like, it just seems so weird to me. See, see that's a weird thing. Because when I was working at GameStop back in 2006, you know, we had the PS3, 360, and the Wii kiosk. And all of those were handled by their respective company representatives. Right. They would come in, put in new demo discs. They would, you know, put in the new games. The Nintendo rep would come in and say, okay, this week you guys can play Twilight Princess. And now it's going to be Excite Bike and stuff like that. And, you know, as you're saying, I would guess once that generation comes to an end, and if that representative hasn't come in and swapped out the system to replace it with something new, then there's... You know, there's really no claim to it. If they come in and say, yeah, you don't need the Wii U kiosk anymore, throw it in the back, and then they leave the hardware in it, they're kind of waiving their ownership right to it. But I don't know up to that point if Nintendo still has technically that legal right to the hardware in the kiosk itself. But I also feel like, because like I was saying, I, I know personally people with Switch kiosks that have gotten them from GameStop being like, you know, store redesign or something like that, or, you know, this, that, or the other. And these people have them in their homes. Like, I literally know these people personally who have gotten them for game, from GameStop for free because it was going into the trash can for whatever did they reason. Get, did they get the hardware with it or strictly just the kiosk stand? I believe stand? it's just the kiosk stand. Okay. And, like and that's the, the thing the that monitor. Nintendo is DMCAing here is yes. strictly just the kiosk stand itself? Yes, the, the kiosk stand itself, huh. not <laughs> the system inside of the kiosk. Yeah, that's that's, so that's weird. odd because, yeah, if it was the hardware included, you could see where they're saying, whoa, wait a minute, that hardware is ours. We loan it to the stores and we're striking you because you kind of stole our hardware. That store doesn't buy from us. Yeah, no, so no. So we no. want this that is, back. Is, but yeah, this just, is a, just a kiosk. No, no hardware included. Yeah, just a tower of metal and <laughs> chromo cardboard right, art. Right, 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 right. Do you think they have people who are like hunting for this stuff, like who work for Nintendo? And yes. They like take down all this. That's so weird. They have people on who watch YouTube videos and and see who's uploading what, so they could hit them with a claim. What? That's so like archaic. I don't know. I feel like it doesn't even it doesn't affect them at all. It like doesn't. if you have a kiosk or not. Like what? Who cares? It's a cool thing for your house if you have one, but like. Like, if it was going to get thrown in the trash anyways, why is it a, a problem? Like, was this guy selling it? Was that the issue? But uh, how is that an issue? If you're I mean, it's not, but I'm just, like, wondering something, if... something... Like, yeah. Like, it's, in it's, Nintendo's head, maybe they're like, oh, they're going to make money off of this. We can't have that. I wonder if there was, like, some weird disconnect with the individual at Nintendo who saw it at Nintendo, who DMCA'd it, maybe thought the hardware was included or something, and that's what they were trying to strike. But like I said, the guy like followed up with them and was asking like what is affected and they said retro stuff, retro kiosks, like a GameCube kiosk was not affected. It was just a Switch kiosk and he was like, okay. It, it, it's a plastic bubble. I it's know. nothing. 
it, it, it makes no sense. Like it's not like there's trade secrets to it. It's not as though their entire generational lineup was written on the back of the cardboard art and they're like, <laughs> oh no, he has access to it. We must get it from him before he discovers the holy grail of secrets. It might be in there. You never you better, know. You better strip that thing down, find out. All right. So well. weird. Nintendo's such a crazy company. Like after some of this news came out, like what is the point of kind of like freaking out about the Smash stuff and then freaking out about this? Like there's just no point. <laughs> like creating problems out of nothing. Well, that's why you got to get a job there. Me. Just don't be like that one girl who was a member of the treehouse and she also had a second job. That didn't work out too. Um, yeah, don't moonlight. If you are moonlighting, <laughs> you have to be very upfront with them about it. So I don't even know, know if I what? what we'll talk, I we'll talk about it after the show. <laughs> you never saw the show Moonlighting with um, uh, Sybil Shepherd? No, that's a shame. What about the show oh. Sybil with Sybil Shepherd? Um, that didn't last that long. I watched Glee. Okay, Glee. our debate topic <laughs> is kind of an interesting one because I feel like everyone would have a different answer for this. And this is a, a purely hypothetical. Who won last week? I did. Um, no, you didn't. I always win. This is a yeah. purely hypothetical question. Um, but I propose this question to you with all these acquisitions, acqu ac not acquisitions, acquisitions happening in the video game landscape right now. Who is your ideal studio purchase for Nintendo. If there was one company that you could have Nintendo buy, who would it be and why? Now, did either of you prep for this? Did you tell us this? Yes, before? It's, a, it's in the group chat. Um, I will start things out <laughs> while you two think of things. And plus that allows me to make sure that none of you choose my answer. I think this is an open and shut case, a very simple case, and quite possibly the easiest thing that I've ever debated on this show. And that option, of course, is Sega. Okay? Let's let's be what real here. Hell? Sega is the ideal company for Nintendo to buy. You want dead IPs that you could revive? <laughs> Virtual Fighter. Sh traditional Shining Force. Um... Skies of Arcadia, uh, you know, a, a, a new twist on Streets of Rage, uh, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog games. You know, everyone sucks the teat of the Mario games. You can make that so that they're sucking the teat of Sonic the Hedgehog games. You could bring back, uh, bring back classics such as uh, Virtual Fighter or Virtual Cop, Virtual Racing. You know, you have a, a plethora of generations, a plethora of titles to choose from that are now under your tutelage. Of course, you would also get Atlas stuff in there as well. So now your personas and all that great games that people love to play as high school children on, now they're on a Nintendo <laughs> system. So, the, you know, people, people, OJ, will love that. Um, Fantasy Star, you can bring back Fantasy Star in a traditional manner. I think the sky is the limit with this purchase. And I think it would be the wisest purchase in an ideal world where Nintendo swoops in, purchases Sega, Sammy decides to sell them off and then blissful harmony, blissful harmony. You got first pick of all the Sega games coming out, all the weird entities. You can make money off of them going on other systems. It's perfect. 
Nate. Okay. We'll, we'll, oh no, Josie. Josie speaks I first. Have, I think Josie. I have one. I think I have one. All right, go on. So I'm gonna say, way forward. Uh, because they already work with <laughs> way forward pretty well. <laughs> what? Is this funny? Is this bad? Uh, that's pleader case. Well, okay, so they already work with them a good bit with games like Advanced Wars using them, and, uh, they gr- create fantastic games with it of themselves. So, I feel like if Nintendo could have control of a franchise like Shantae, it could be a banger game. And WayForward and them already have a pre-established relationship. Plus, I don't think consolidating huge companies into huger companies is great for anyone. So, with something like Sega, that takes away Sega's own individuality to that. But WayForward, they're not big enough to really have too much of a footprint on the gaming industry already without giants like Nintendo already helping them with games like Advance Wars. So, if we were to buy this sort of smaller but very passionate company, I think it could go a very long way and, you know, maybe incorporating different art styles into future Nintendo games, like pixel art type deals like they like to do, and different things like that. So, that's why I think WayForward could be a good one. Now, hey, you, you go ahead and give yours, and then we'll, we'll hash it out at the end here. My friends. We have heard two individuals come up with some quality ideas. Sega, so way forward. One person with a quality idea. What do you mean? I'll get to it. Okay. Don't what worry. I propose is something so radical, so extreme, that only a mind of borderline insanity would think of it. And I am <laughs> that man. But I need two acquisitions for mine to make sense. This is cheating, but okay. (laughs) The two acquisitions that would benefit Nintendo and the gaming community as a whole will bewilder and anger Sean, but it will make Josie very happy. The companies I propose come down to these. Creatures Inc. and Game Freak. By having these under Nintendo's complete control, you can have studios as the community so often begs, have Monolith aid in asset production for the next Pokemon game. Nintendo would be more directly involved despite being one of the three pillars of the Pokemon company, but they could aid Game Freak in making better scheduling, assist them with their technology, aid in their artistic expression and perhaps even say you guys are coming out a little too strong with the schedule where you want to have a pokemon every few years we can take a break you now have our vast resource pool to delve into and that is an acquisition that not only strengthens nintendo by securing game freak and creatures for forever but it makes the gaming community happy knowing that now Pokemon truly is under Nintendo's vigilant and advantageous guidance. Yeah, Nate wins. That was a banger. Okay. Actually, Let, didn't even all... come up with... That's such a good... First off, he cheated because that's that's two companies. Second off... I just had a standing ovation. You did not. Yeah. Second no, off... I stood up. The, the problem with that 
is the fact that while it's ideal, it's it, it's completely outside the realm of realism. Oh, very well. What is Sega? Sega's Sega in the realm of realism? More so than Preachers Inc. and Game Freak. Hell yes. Very well. I shall go to a third company. What the hell is this? <laughs> I will not include those two. Though the gaming community will vote for me in what? the comment section. I will go with an alternative then. A company Nintendo knows well. That all three of us know well. A friendly company. One that we feel safe nestled in its bountiful bosom of gaming glory. I am, of course, talking about intelligent systems. That's right. Nintendo does not own intelligent systems. And once Nintendo does own them, we can continue to get Sean's favorite IP, Fire Emblem, at higher quality. <laughs> we can continue to get Paper Mario's at higher quality. And so many other fantastic games that Intelligent Systems has produced over the years, like Advance Wars. So, Intelligent Systems, it's time to bring them into the fold and make them an official member of the Nintendo family. Thank you. Here's the problem with both of yours. Both of yours, they, they, don't, they don't do anything. They don't, they don't move the needle. WayForward makes great games. WayForward has Shantae. What else do they got? As far as IPs are concerned, Intelligent Systems has no IPs. They they don't own any IP. Sega. But Nintendo doesn't need more IPs. They have enough. They can just delegate teams to make good games out of their pre-existing IPs. That was can, my vision. You can never have enough. And Way Forward is like a, a small studio. Like right. They, that's why I think they could benefit under that the the wing of Nintendo. Their pockets would benefit, but I don't know yeah. that you would see. Like okay, with, with Sega, you're getting a vast library of classic stuff and the potential for new stuff. However, however, while they would acquire numerous unused IP from Sega, would they necessarily have the development teams to produce new entries to those franchises? I would think so. Where would they come from? Why? You hire them. What do you mean? You hire people. Why is Sega not hiring them now? Because Sega is a company in peril. Do you not watch my channel where I do my yearly State of Sega Union address? Or I'm see, like, what the fuck are you doing? This is easy. You see, NST could absorb way forward. And Nintendo's Western Studios could expand like they did during the N64 generation. Yeah, so so, Josie there something they haven't growth. done in 20 years. <laughs> Josie's idea has growth. Exactly. You're just putting on extra baggage with just a vast library of unused IP that will never be used. Because would Nintendo really go out of their way to greenlight a virtual fighter? Yes. Or virtual tennis? Or they don't, virtual no cop? Way. Or they Shenmue? They don't have any of these. Why wouldn't they at least explore it? Why wouldn't? Think about a Nintendo but it's like, why developed they at least... Knights. Nintendo Ugh. developed Knights. That's a game of the year contender right there, folks. But would Nintendo well, necessarily green light that type of project? It feels very high risk, low reward. No, because it's, 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 no, Nintendo's done one <laughs> high risk game in the past like 50 years, and it was exactly Tears of the Kingdom. Everything else is a very smaller, consolidated effort. So I wouldn't expect it to be, you know, some huge groundbreaking thing, just a, a, a fantastic version 
of that with the creativity of the Knights IP behind it. But who would be creating this unique creative me. Knights game? Me. You? Yes, they you. hire so me. <laughs> I'm the creative director and I tell people <laughs> this is what you're doing. This is what you're doing and this is how we're going to make Knights great again. I mean, on paper, I understand where you're going with this. Yes, having, you know, Sonic and these other mascots under that Nintendo brand sounds great. I just question whether or not there would be a development team that could make these a reality while intelligent systems or creatures in Game Freak, if we are still entertaining that acquisition, We're not. already have this vast history of producing annual and quality releases that Nintendo can now utilize potentially to more of their IPs because they feel more comfortable with them being part of their brand that they'll say, you know what, you worked on Paper Mario. Now we want to give you a shot at the 2D Mario games that maybe we were a little hesitant because you weren't part of our company. So bringing in intelligence systems could potentially introduce vast new opportunities for Nintendo to delve into their unused IP by giving it to a new company under their wing. I was really thinking that with Way Forward because Way Forward also has a different like more indie style to them that I don't I think could be a great asset for Nintendo and start remaking games or something still pixel art-esque or or bringing back franchises that have this sort of smaller not these huge big bucket but games that they need Mm -hmm. to take risks on but it's still a very quality product that fills up the lineup I think it could be very great so to the voting community listening right now Josie and I are on a single ticket Vote for us and defeat the evil known as Sean. I am right. I am 100% right in this. We got to post a a, a community poll. I feel like this would like solve all the issues. John's a fucking moron and does the absolute (laughs) bare minimum. But he's like, I've got plans for this. I've got big plans. It's like, well, how about you execute one of them? There's a fucking novel idea. (laughs) I think this is an annual thing in this show that you end the show by cursing out John. Yeah, by hitting on John. He's the worst. Wow. All righty. So this was your latest episode of the Spawncast. Um, as always, Joe. No, John- it's not. It's Game and Talk. <laughs> <laughs> this is the uh, latest episode of Game and Talk on the Spawncast Network. See, you just got me riled up. I'm thinking about John and his stupid face. Wow. Um, Josie, thanks for being on here, as always. Of course. Thanks for having me. Nate, thanks for joining us as well. It's always a pleasure to debate. And as always, keep voting Sega. We'll catch you guys on the next one.